I try to beg people to be my friend by offering them Disney Plus subscriptions. And it didn't work! What's up, party people? Welcome back to Filtered. I'm Sharon. I'm Benita. I'm Celine. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Hannah. So we got a um, special treat for you guys today. We have the wonderful Sharon Epen joining us today. Woohoo! Hello. <laughs> so this lovely lady, we um, she is a campus staff minister for the InterVarsity Group. Um, she is a mentor to many, including me. She's a mother to two beautiful little girls. <laughs> she is a wonderful wife and... Uh, <laughs> she is a wonderful spiritual leader at our church. We love her so much and we cannot wait for her to be here and join us today. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Super excited. A little nervous, but. So do you want to, um, you know, start off by saying, um, like, just talk about your campus ministry and how that, like, what kind of led you to that path? And sure. what, why you decided to do that? That's a good question. So um, like Sharon mentioned, I'm a camp. Well, I used to be a campus staff minister with InterVarsity um, Christian Fellowship. I'm still kind of serve as one. I, I serve as associate area director of Long Island with InterVarsity in New York and New Jersey. Um, it's, I think, the best job in the world. I get to, um, yeah, I get to see students and faculty developed in love for the Lord. Um, his word, his people. Um, I, I get to meet people um, and introduce them to who Jesus is and invite them to say yes to him every day. And it's the it's the best thing I think I've been invited to do, but it was a hard decision to make. I was talking to my cousin yesterday, even about like, um, it wasn't easy to, to say yes to jump into ministry, but it is. I, I would without a doubt say it's the best thing I've ever done. Um, or one outside of my children and my family, obviously, <laughs> but it was the uh, best yes to Jesus I've ever made. Yeah. Oh, that was so, the way you just said that. That was really nice. The best yes to Jesus. <laughs> but before that kind of like, can you just tell us about yourself and how you even got into like all, all of this and everything like that? Got into ministry. How did I get into ministry? Um, well, I was a student at Hofstra University. What up? Um, I was a biology student. I was starting to become a doctor. Um, and I was also super involved in my university chapter. University is a club on campus um, that Long Sea Lives Transformed, the campus renewed, and world changes developed. Um, and while I was a student, I started to grow in love for ministry. Um, and ministry usually is just a fancy term for um, I got started to grow in love um, for doing God's work on campus. I grew in love for college students and just this time and in, in, in all of you are in or recently out of college, the time in your life is so important. Um, and there it's so easy to get wrapped up in so many different things and not focus on Jesus. But when you do focus on Jesus and who he is and what he's done for you, um, your experience becomes so different. 
And I don't want people to leave college. Like it broke my heart that people started to leave college without experiencing who Jesus was and had, and having opportunities to, to say yes to him, to invite him into every of their life. So there was this one day I, um, I was studying in our club office, um, super excited to become a doctor, ready to do what um, I'd been planning to do for my whole life, become a doctor, go to med school, blah, 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 blah. And this girl walks into our club office and she's like, Hey, I think I'm supposed to marry this guy. And, he, but he's marrying someone else. Uh, and everybody's confused faces was a confused face. I made, I had never been in a relationship before. I was like, Lord, what are you doing to me? Um, but we went through this like whole long conversation. She ended up in the same place she started. But I, when she left, I was like, man, this girl's just missing who Jesus is, right? Like she didn't know that her life with him was more than who she's supposed to marry. Like that was all that Jesus was to her. And I was like, man, she's really missing who Jesus is. And God was like, Hey, I think like, I felt God tell me, like, I think you're missing who I am um, and missing what I have for you. Um, and that moment I, I, I was floored. Um, and I felt like the Lord is inviting me to, to where, find where my talents and gifts, uh, for ministry and where my heart was breaking for ministry for college students where those two things aligned. And that was, um, working with university Christian fellowship. And so I put on my big girl pants and I told my parents that I wasn't going to be a doctor anymore. How did that um, go? Like to, especially as a brown girl right mm -hmm. and you had one you had one goal to be a doctor right and then to right. switch completely over to ministry that's a big it, step it was not easy <laughs> I told so first I told my brothers I think um if you have family and friends in your life that are super supportive you need them to affirm what you're doing first right because if nobody's with you then you're like Wah. Like yeah. maybe, maybe this is wrong. But then when my friends who were seeing the ministry I was doing on campus as a student and my brothers were like, yeah, I think this is right for you. Then I was like, okay, I have the confidence to tell my parents. And so I just started to pray, give me an opportunity to tell my parents. Um, and I think as Brown girls, the South Asians, like sometimes, or just South Asians in general, we like make decisions and then expect our parents to understand them right away. Right. Like I'm going to do this. And if you don't understand me, that's your problem. Right. And I think that's also a defense mechanism, right. For us, because then we don't have to explain the reasons. We don't have to be vulnerable because no one's really taught us to be vulnerable. Um, but someone told me, Hey, I think our parents are actually more interested in being involved in our decisions than actually the decisions that we make. And so it's like, oh, that's, that's interesting. So I went up to my parents and I said, Hey, this is actually what I'm praying about. I don't think I'm supposed to be a doctor. I told them I felt like I was Jonah running away from what God was inviting me to do. Um, and I asked them to pray for me. Uh, it was hard. They were really confused, uh, but they prayed, right? Cause I think they just wanted to be involved in the process and every single step of the way I invite, like invited them to pray for me before I went into my interview for university, I invited them into different areas of my life and invited them to come to, to my school and see me share the gospel. Um, cause the other thing is like, they just didn't see me in ministry. So how would they know that I could do it? Right. Yeah. Um, and so just, I started to involve them. Uh, it was hard. It was hard for them to accept that this was a change. Um, as much as it's hard, like, it's so interesting because if it's hard for us to accept change, of course, it's hard for our parents to accept change. 
um, even more so. Uh, so just to be, it took a lot of patience on my part. Uh, but then you guys know our, our church community is actually very supportive of the work that I do, which was super helpful. Um, our pastor was super supportive. So all of that came together and it was a lot of prayer, a lot of patience. Were you involved with ministry at all, like outside of college before you came into university and saw how much of a burden you had for college students? Yeah, I well, nobody goes into college saying, hey, I'm going to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> right? Like, I'm going to change everything that I planned, right? Um, but I was involved in the church that I grew up in. Like, I was super involved there. Um, and in like other churches, my grandfather was a pastor. And so he taught us all to be like very involved in church. So I was like involved in our church. I was involved in my cousin's church. Like we were all doing things for the Lord. Um, I think though, our motivations were not necessarily like, right. Like we were just doing it because that's the thing you do. And like, you want to make people happy. And, but then when you get to college, right, your whole mindset changes about who you are and why you do things and your relationship with God changes. And I started to realize I'm not doing these things for God. I'm doing these things for me, right. To make myself feel better, myself look good. Um, and then when I got to college, I was like, wow, there's actually a bigger purpose in my life than just to like do stuff. It's to be with Jesus and being with Jesus looked like saying yes to the things that he was inviting me to. Um, and that meant ministry. Just reminded me of when she was our BB, mine and Becky's teacher <laughs> back in like when we were 12, <laughs> 10 years ago. Fun fact, I've met Becky and Hannah before um, anyone. That's when yep. we first met her. Yeah. Did you remember us when you came to her? Like- oh, yeah, for sure. We bonded so much. Yeah, over our, what was it, our Converse? Mm-hmm. Stop. I, what it was. I don't want to bring it up. It, it, was, <laughs> it was very cringe. I, I, I mean, what was I? How old are you? How old am I? We were literally like 12. You're maybe 12. younger than that, maybe. 12. So then how old was I? So it was eight years ago. I was 21. I think I was cringe at 21. So I think wow. everybody just looks back at her like, <laughs> I have questions about that time in my life. Um, so basically, right, you are in the college ministry, you see all these college kids, and you you see like a very vast amount of different challenges and see what a lot of people are going through, right? So what are, in your eyes, like, what are some cha- challenges that a lot of college students are facing that aren't really like talked about right now or talked about but like something that you need to like hit on yeah um so the in the post kind I wouldn't say post COVID but in after COVID um I think one of the biggest challenges student face students face now and I think we've taught you guys have talked about this before um is anxiety I think anxiety is a huge deal right None of you have grown up in a world without terrorism. None of you have grown up in a world without a, like now your whole worlds are in pandemic, right? There's so many things, mm-hmm. economic collapse, right? And all those things we don't think play a part in the way that we see the world. But then like in the backdrop of your life, you're, there's like things going on, right? Um, pandemic is going on there's terrorism there's war economic collapse and there's also spiritual battles going on and you're trying to just live your life right I think anxiety is really common Um, and it comes in all shapes and forms right there's like test anxiety which happens a lot in college and then there's like stress um, sorry social anxiety there's like 
so many different types of anxiety that come up um, around different areas. I think social anxiety is very common right now um, because most people in college started right now, started college online. So the whole aspect of like, what does it look like to make friends in this time of my life? What does it look like to do even things like group projects, right? Those are so different now that they used to be when people were going to college and actually seeing people face to face versus when you, when people are doing group projects in an online capacity, they're like meeting on zoom. And so there's also issues between like zoom fatigue, my goodness, it's, there's so many different things. Um, But I think if I were to boil it down to like one thing, I would say that a phrase we like to throw around at work is uh, the normal college experience leads to spiritual death. Mm -hmm. And I think we were like, oh, there's all this stuff going on in college students. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of stuff. But the biggest thing um, is that if you go through a normal college experience, you're going to experience spiritual death. And that's not what I want for anyone, right? Like what, like, let me turn the question back. What do you, what role do you see college playing in your lives? If you've been through it or you're in it right now, what role does college play in your life? Torture. Torture. Okay. (laughs) What do you, what do you mean by that question? Why did you go to college? To further your career, to have some, like, to get a job get money, start a family, mm-hmm. and be happy. <laughs> I did not go to college to be happy. I'm Me either. Right <laughs> That's what they train you to think, though, right? Because you need to go to college to get a job, to, you know. Yeah, honestly, like, I feel like I never really thought about it. Like, Me I just, I just, like, high school, college. Like, I never thought, like, That's oh, the thing you do, right? Me. Yeah. I never, like, for once, yeah, second. Mommy, daddy said I have to go to college, so I went to college. No, mommy, daddy didn't even say I have to go to college. That was a unspoken rule, right? Yeah, you have to go. There's no other. Yeah, there was no other thought. Like, oh, is college for me? Is like, is what I'm gonna do with my life? Gonna college gonna help me get there? Like, it was never a thing. It was like, yes, college is gonna help you. Sure. So established. Everyone here is going to college. (laughs) Why? So now that you're in college or went to college, why'd you go? What what's what purpose did it serve in your life? Sharon hit on it a little bit, right? Like it was for me to learn or train to get to the next stage of my life. Sure. I think personally for me, um, I think college allowed me to completely change. I don't know, not change, but grow. Because for me, when I when I was in high school, I was like, oh, high school and then college, blah blah blah. I did not expect my myself to like change like how I did when I got to college like I like when you know how people are like college you're gonna change so much I'm like yeah no you actually changed so much in college and I didn't I don't even know like sometimes um a lot of people are like yeah like high school is when you like your most years that you're gonna get what is it influenced or like that stuff but I feel like in college that's when you really define who you are kind of because it's like your college is when you're gonna define your your lasting friend group kind of because it's like people you're choosing to hang out with now it's not high school where it's like these are people you can hang out with college is like you're going to find people that you want to surround yourself with and then your career and then these are people you're going to go into your career with so I feel like college is like a hundred percent like a 180 for me Mm. 
feel like for me it was completely different college was some of the worst years of my life and I think I've scared people with telling people (laughs) that college was some of the worst years of my life but I think it definitely helped me like grow and because I had to learn through all those hard times but I think I was just talking to Sharon about this the other day we were talking about our college experience and it was just like it was just so many things happening right after the other right after the other like things that affected me so negatively that co- it made college seem like it wasn't even the school part because I did a major that I didn't want and it wasn't even that there was just so many outside factors during college like the friend aspect the this is really bad but I try to like bribe people to be my friends and it didn't even work she told me this and I was like why did I not know this Wait, did pause. any of you what know you this what do you mean bribe like pay I tried to beg people to be my friend by offering them Disney Plus subscriptions. And it didn't work! I, I'm glad I'm not the only one who didn't know this. Like, Yeah. Listen, it's college, okay? It was all growing. <laughs> like, it was, quickly, like, did you just go up to people and be like... Hey, no, they were talking about, oh, we wish we had Disney Plus subscriptions. And they were just talking whatever, and I overheard, and I was like, oh my god, I have Disney Plus account. I can give it to you all. I literally made one that night. Oh my gosh, Celine. Oh. Wait, Jay, did they take it and not talk to you? Yeah, that was it. And then I realized that wasn't working, so I changed the password. <laughs> but yeah, it was just not a good experience. But you definitely grow from the bad experiences, but it was just not something I would ever want to go through again. The college. Or yeah, just the college, college in general. Because of the friend thing? because the friend thing just I don't know maybe with my environment I didn't like it it was just but, you're, but you also went into a major you didn't want to do yeah. so you were already going in not wanting to be surrounded by the people you were surrounding yourself with kind of yeah that, that too sense. like I just didn't want to be where I was I didn't want to go to that college that I chose I didn't mm-hmm. want to be in the major I was in like there was just so many things that factored into it until this day I'm like why did I even like why was I meant to be at that college because mm-hmm. I know I was supposed to be there for a reason and I still think why was I there because I was there for five years because I did my master's there too and mm-hmm. I still don't understand why I mean I can relate to Celine on the why was I there because honestly why was I <laughs> I really feel like the school Okay, not nothing, maybe a little bit against the school, but <laughs> everybody else that has gone to this school has had a great experience and has loved it. Okay, that is not, not true. That is not maybe true. Maybe I'm biased, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I just felt like I went there, came home, went to church, went there. Like, I didn't really have, I don't like friends there. I didn't have like, community there I just kind of went because I had to because tuition was being paid yeah. and then came home and mm-hmm. did the work I needed to do but like mm-hmm. I don't know it couldn't really tell you the effect it had on me maybe the effect it had on me was um negative I just, I don't know. It made me hate school and Mm. I never hated school before. Well, (laughs) is it the school, like the classes that made you hate school or the environment, the experience? I think it was like a little bit of all of it. Cause right now, now that I'm in grad school, I'm like, 
I love school. Like I oh, love that's so good. I love being in class, but like in undergrad, could not. It was not for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Becky and Sharon like school, and if anything, did not enjoy it or do not enjoy it as much. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Here's what I'm hearing. Um, that college is two things. One, a series of decisions that you're making, right? You guys are making a lot of decisions and it's going to change you, right? And they're big decisions. My gosh, you're in your teens and early twenties making decisions that are going to supposed to change your life. That's crazy. Of course, there's going to be anxiety and the course there's going to be questions. Of course, there's going to be feelings of like, oh my God, what's happening? Um, But two, college comes with certain expectations, right? There's like academic expectations that you have to keep up, especially if you have like scholarships or family, like counting on you. Um, Expectations of what college should look like versus what it actually looks like. Um, And also expectations of like how I'm going to be involved in college versus like what college is going to do for me and what I'm going to do for it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so in those, I forgot what the question was, (laughs) but where I'm going to land is this, like college is a series of expectations and decisions, like series of decisions and has a list of expectations. One, the most important decision you can make in college when you are um, independent for probably the first time in your life, especially as a brown girl who finally has like life outside of church and home Mm -hmm. and school, like what decisions, these decisions matter a lot, but they're also nerve wracking because it's the first time you're making a lot of decisions on your own right? Like I can ask other people for help. I can ask my teachers for help. I can ask my friends for help, but ultimately at the end of the day, end of the day, when I get to college, my decisions are my decisions and I'm the ones, one that's like accountable for them. Um, and I would hate, hate, hate if you went through college, uh, where I wouldn't hate it, but it would, I think it would break my heart if you went through college and those decisions weren't made with, Hey, my purpose, like without the purpose of your life, um, being to like, without the, the knowledge that the purpose of your life is to be love Jesus and be loved by him. Mm. Like that totally changes the way you make decisions. Mm. Right. And college if college is the first time you're making these really hard decisions and you don't look view these decisions in light of my purpose in life is to love Jesus and be loved by him it changes the game and it's not it's also not too late right like there's something called grace where hey we might not have made decisions in light of that but there's still time right um and then the expectation thing is and this goes into like the whole mental health thing like a lot of our things that happen um, to us is like in college or because the way that we feel about college, all these things happen because we have unrealistic or unmet expectations. Um, Either like, Hey, I expected college to be the place where I made the best friends of my life. Mm -hmm. And I made really great friends in college. I'm so grateful for that. Um, But like, if my expectation was, this is a place where I'm going to make the best friends of my life. And then I left and I didn't make any friends automatically negative experience right if I went into college saying hey I'm gonna get like A's on everything and then I got into college I didn't know how to study which who knows how to study when they enter college it's such a different ball game right I'm I'm like I'm gonna do great and then you leave doing not so great 
already negative experience, right? Yeah. If I go into college and, or I mean, in this college, any, any season of your life, if I go into college saying, I'm going to major in biology, biology, what's that? <laughs> biology, I'm going to get a degree. I'm going to go to med school. And then I leave and I don't do that negative experience. Right. Um, and so I think a lot of it is like checking your expectations. What are your expectations of college? Because college is actually meant to serve you. You're not meant to serve college, right? Like you're, you're not meant to be like slave to this, to this, oh my God, slave to the system, whatever. But like, <laughs> you're not meant to, right? It's supposed to serve you. You're the one paying for it. Yeah. Right. But we sometimes feel like, oh my God, I have to do this because I have to please my parents. I think the only way to get out of that is to have realistic expectations. Um, and I think, the, honestly, if I'm going to be like the super spiritual, boil it down is I think what needs to happen is people, everyone needs to have a right view of their purpose in life. But see, that's the hard thing. Right. Right. Not a lot of people know like that they can search their whole life to find their purpose and not even fully understand it. Right. I'm going to sure. sit off for this question. y'all. I'm going to ask you a question now. <laughs> oh, I know what. <laughs> <laughs> so if you were, if I were to ask you, what do you think your purpose in life? What's basis of your decisions and what sets your expectations? What do you think it is? I'll start crying right now. I'll start crying right now. I think, okay, I so I think the way I've always looked at it was I'm just gonna go wherever God leads me. Cause at this point where I'm like, even I think I'm like, the reason I'm doing it is because God loves people, I love people. I'm gonna serve people because Jesus served people. Like that's kind of how I've been going. But I don't know what my purpose in life is. Just that's just how I live my life. But I don't know what my purpose is. Like I'm still trying to find that out and try to figure out where what I'm led to be, where God is leading me to go next, and what because it's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when I don't. I know like like after I went through a season of my life where I kind of saw a different lifestyle for me where I'm like wow I kind of love this and like navigating that to how how I can do that now does that make sense yeah all right hot take your professional vocation is not your purpose in life yeah oh yeah I agree I feel like a lot of times um a lot of like well I'm not saying people like in general like you are taught that your profession is like you need to work for a profession but like when I was like even going to college I'm like I really like I I'm a nursing student I like nursing I think it's very interesting but if you're if if you ask me like is nursing my purpose no it is not like I I'm really being like I love nursing I'm not gonna say I'm slacking on like I like the job I think it's interesting but am I working? Am I living to work? No, I'm living. I'm working so I can live. I don't know. Like, you know, I'm not living. I'm not um, working every day because I'm like, oh, this is the best thing ever. Some people it's like that. Me? No. Okay. If I can sit home, I will, but I'm working so I can provide. I don't think, I don't think your job is ever your purpose. Some missionary out there who does that for their life purpose, Becky. Oh, wait. wait. On their profession. <laughs> I was talking about more like if you're like a nurse or an, like, you know, like I feel like 
it can allow you to live out your purpose. You know, as a nurse, I can sit there and I can talk to patients. Even now, like I'll, I'll talk to my that, patients. There's a difference. Yeah, the, a difference. Yeah. I'll yeah. talk to my patients, and I'll, but I, I don't think the nurse, like you know, nursing allowed me to get there. You know, but I don't know. So, Bible, Bible stuff now. <laughs> but the Bible teaches us that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor as yourself. What is your purpose in life? To love the Lord and love your neighbor as yourself. How you do it is different for every person. If you want to check, hey, am I following Jesus? Am I loving the Lord and I'm loving the neighbor and myself is probably the easiest way to check. Mm. Or am I doing this for the wrong reasons, right? Am I doing this for money? Not us get, getting our own private Bible study right now. It's really <laughs> getting me right here. I feel guys, right. guys. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Um, you think there's like people who have multiple purposes in their lives, like in a season, this is their purpose. And then in their next season, this is their new purpose. Or is it generally like love Jesus, love people is your blanket purpose. So I think, I mean, I'm using the word, the, per, the phrase purpose and calling pretty interchangeably, mm-hmm. but I think everybody is called, like, I think that's the greatest. It says, this is the greatest commitment, right? This is what you're supposed mm-hmm. to do. I think how you do that can change. Um, but yeah, I think how you do that can change. I think that in different, and I'm not a huge fan of the word seasons, right? Like we, I think was overchurched, right? This is just a different season in my life, (laughs) but it it essentially is right. Like you go through different times in your life where different things are important to you, right? Before I was a mother, my life looks so different. You guys know, knew who I was before I was a mother, um, before I was a wife, you guys know who I was then too, right? Like I, my life looked different and that's okay. Um, like my number one ministry before I was a um, wife and a mother was, um, being a minister of the gospel. Then I became a wife. So my number one ministry was being a wife. Um, and it still is. And then I became a mom. So then my secondary ministry was being a mom to my, my secondary ministry was to my children. And now my tertiary was that, is that right? Yeah, tertiary. Is that four though? Isn't tertiary four? Quadrantiary. Quadrantiary. Tertiary. Tertiary. <laughs> my primary, my secondary, my tertiary. Yeah, oh. Right. <laughs> but like the third ministry, the third primary calling on my life um, is to be be like a minister because my first two callings are as a wife and a mother. And so I think it changes. I do think it changes depending on where God calls you in that season. But I think. I, the check, right? Like if I'm going to check myself on something is, is am I loving the Lord, my God and loving the neighbors myself? How after investing like your money, your time, your energy into studying and your tuition, whatever, and making your life goal, like getting to this vocation, how do you make it so that after investing all of that, that this is not my main purpose, that I can still invest spiritually elsewhere yeah that's a good question okay when you get to college um sometimes we're like okay ministry is going to take a backseat because i need to focus on let me get my career set and then i can get back to ministry yeah that's not right and that's not fair to the lord either right like it's all ministry in college you're part of the work that the lord is doing god is putting you in this place for a reason uh, God is preparing you for this next season of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like, hey, I put pause on ministry and I'm going to go back into serving the Lord. 
that's not how it works. You're serving the Lord in your vocation. Mm. And that's, that's what you want to do. So like loving your neighbor as yourself is a huge part of ministry. It is ministry. Ministry is people, right? And so you're, think of it, college less of it's a means to an end. It's like, I need to get through this to get to that. First, college is part of your ministry. It's both your preparation ground, right? Either if it's learning to how to get to this vocation that's going to serve people because you're serving God. Or it's like, hey, in college, I'm actually serving the people that God has put in my life by being a minister of the gospel through the way that I study, through the way that I act. Um, and it is a financial investment. And I stewardship, hot button topic, but like how you spend your money matters. And so if you're spending your money in college, let it be towards something that's going to further the work of the Lord through whatever you're doing. And there's no reason why your vocation can't further the work of the Lord. Um, because the people in your life, they're going to be people in your life that you minister to your life is ministry. Everything you do is going to be ministry. There's going to ensure part of your life is providing financially for your family. If that's part of ministry as well, then you hustle, right? Not everyone's going to get prosperity from what they do. Um, and that's, that's okay too. But use, like, like I said before, like these things aren't meant for, we serve the Lord. We don't serve college. We don't serve our jobs. We serve the Lord. And so everything we do must be into service of service of the Lord. There's this book. Um, you might want to read it. You don't have to, it's not like <laughs> Celine's like not reading it. <laughs> it's like, I read it in seminary. Um, it's, I forgot what it's called, but it's brother Lawrence. The guy's name is brother Lawrence. And he's like, everything I do from sweeping the floor to break, baking the bread, anything I do is worship unto the Lord. Yeah. Everything and everything I do is worship unto the Lord because everything I do is in service of him and his people. And so to think of it like that, like, and even self, like, honestly, like, I think our community doesn't like the term self-care because it's like, I'm not actually serving anybody when I do self-care. Mm. But if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of other people. If you don't love yourself well, number one, you have a wrong, like, wrong view of who you are. Then you actually have a wrong view of who God is because God made you who you are and you're made in the image of God. So in order to love each other, other people well, it's really important to start to love ourselves well, because when we have a correct view of our identity and who God created us to be, we can have a correct view of other people. Um, yeah. I was just going to say, sometimes I feel like we're a little bit selfish because um, it's like I'm losing money, I'm losing the time, and I'm I'm losing these things. So like, why should I invest into other people or like serve other people if I'm only going to be losing by not focusing on my career which I've invested so much into and so I think that like that mindset of like oh if I'm not serving myself by like focusing on my career because I've put so much into it I'm not like I'm not just it's not justified in putting all of this into this job where I'm not fulfilled you know but like yeah like so why am I spending all this money on something that doesn't fulfill me or make me feel like I'm doing the right thing or like yeah that? But I feel like sometimes that's like selfish like we need to step away from that viewpoint and be like hey that's not my end goal like mm -hmm. this this is to supplement my life yeah okay but like I need to fulfill myself through not being selfish, but doing something that might not be tangible in the moment, but is eventually going to be 
fruitful in serving the Lord and bringing people to him. Yeah. Well, there's a few things there. Number one, doing anything isn't going to fulfill you. Anything you do will not fulfill you. The only thing that will fulfill you is the love of Jesus. And I think that's like a huge, like thing we don't think about. Um, a huge thing we're not taught either. Like we're like, Oh, if you do this, you're going to feel good. And feeling good is what's going to make you like be closer to Jesus wrong. The only thing that fulfills you in life is Jesus and his love for you. I think once we get that order, right. And then we do things out of a love for Jesus because we know he loves us. I think we're taught like, do all this stuff because you love Jesus, prove that you love Jesus. And I think that's so normal, like in our lifetime. And it's like, in our society too, right? Like if we want a friend, you got to do your work to keep your friend. Um, so I think, I don't think it's weird to think that too, is that if we, um, if we think that money and security and like feeling good is the end of like, is the best thing in life. It's not right. And you're right. We are taught that we're taught that like, don't waste your money, but the money isn't ours. So if the Lord tells us to do something Ooh. with it, is everybody y'all hear that the money is <laughs> it's not though like let me let me ask you something if you were to take like think about okay if you have a significant other or your parent right and you gave your parent your credit card statement or whatever you spend your money on how would you feel like hey you gave me this past week I had three hundred dollars or whatever and I spent it on this anybody feel a little bit like dang my parents are definitely judging me right now Oh my God. If my parents knew. Yeah, but guess what? God doesn't need a receipt. (laughs) But that's not meant to shame you, right? Like, I just wanted to say like, hey, our money isn't ours. And like, I think it's okay that you spend money on Starbucks sometimes, right? Like that's something that everybody here with their Starbucks drink, I saw that. Like, (laughs) I think that's okay, right? I think that also like money is a gift from the lord but money is also the root of all evil sometimes people forget that sometimes people be forgetting that like they don't know how to properly handle money and then they just get too invested in it and then they don't realize that it can creep in in places that it shouldn't be creeping yeah but that's also vanity right because then it it's like all right my money defines who i like what i can buy and what i buy defines who i am right mm. or hey and in Malayali or South Asian communities this is so important right how I look is so important so I'm yeah. putting money into how I look right what car I'm driving what yeah. even where I go to eat right I mean I ain't at McDonald's anymore right like I'm eating here right that's a big thing for our communities even though I still eat at McDonald's all the time but still totally. <laughs> literally yes. you're is- talking to the wrong person about <laughs> McDonald's bro <laughs> um but that's all that to say like I think it's so tied to our identity. And if our identity isn't in Jesus, the way we look at money is wrong. The way we look at time is wrong. Like the time isn't ours too. And there's three things that we have to give our time, our talent, and our money. Those three things are gifts to us. And we steward that. Um, God has gifted those things to us and we're in charge of using those well. Um, the parable of the talents. There's one person who buried the money, right? They didn't want to lose it. And they're like, oh my God, the master's gonna be so proud of me. I didn't lose my money. The other person went and got like twice as much, threefold. Uh, and then the other one went and got more from it. And the master came back and was like, the guy that got the most from his money is actually like the one that I'm giving everything to. Yeah. Why? Why does he say that? 
because like in our community you'd be like save the money yeah that's good right yeah put that money away save it for when you need it but what scripture teaches us is the things that god gives you isn't to keep and hide to yourself but it's actually to share um and so all that to say benita back to the question that was in the beginning (laughs) like the thing, like you're not wasting your money as long as you're doing it for what the Lord uh, wants you to do. You're not wasting your time. Um, if you're doing it for what the Lord wants you to do now, the question is, how do I know what the Lord wants me to do? That's the the ending question. Um, and we can ask that for a lifetime. What is God asking me to do? But what that really means is if you want to know what God wants you to do, you got to get to know his voice. How do you know what the voice of the Lord sounds like? Well, it's already in the Bible. So you want to know what God sounds like, read your Bible. Amen. If you <laughs> everybody go read your Bible. Everybody go read your Bible. No, seriously. And I feel like I feel so convicted right now. This is crazy. I'm sorry, guys. It's not, it's not just you. No, I'm sorry. Just... I have a quick question. Yeah. So, oh, like, yeah. you know, when you go into college, um, especially as a brown girl, right? It's sort of like your first. Well, most people. I'm not going to speak for everyone, but like, it's your first um, look at freedom. Like, it's your kind of like, oh. I get to not not do whatever I want, but you're like, wow, college, like I'm free, right? How would you advise like not getting into that mindset where it's like, I'm going to college and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do A, B, and C. Like, how do you stay grounded in in God, you think, like when going into college? Because it's really easy to lose your, yeah. your spiritual life when you're in college. And this is not just for brown girls. Yeah, yeah, guys, people, pay attention sure. to <laughs> brown boy. No, just everyone. <laughs> it's what they don't teach you in like Sunday school and in like the beginning stages of your life in high school is something called a spiritual discipline. Anybody know what that is? You pray and read your Bible every day. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anybody else? Sure. I took my answer. <laughs> but they teach you to do that right they teach you to read the bible and pray hopefully i've taught you a little bit how to read your bible sometime in the past few years um but so spiritual discipline are basically um i like i've heard this illustration used and i loved it um none of us grew up on a farm so we don't know this very well but when people like have farms they have animals in a barn separately right And every day they have to feed their animals. So they have to get to the barn, right? Every day you take like a two minute walk out to your barn where your animals are. Now, sometimes it snows real bad and you cannot see where your barn is. So how do you get to your barn to feed your animal? Well, there's a rope tied from your house to the barn and you just hold onto the rope and you follow it to the barn. This, so if you get, if you walk to the, to the barn in the morning and then you open the door on the way back and there's a huge blizzard, you can't see your way back. You just take the rope and you walk back home in the same way a spiritual discipline serves as our rope. So when we can see, we know where that rope is. We know how to get there, but when we can't see, we have something to guide us back home. Now, a spiritual discipline is something that will guide us to Jesus, no matter where we are in life no matter what season we are in, no matter what time in our life, what are spiritual disciplines? They include like praying, reading your Bible, journaling, silence, celebration. Actually, what you need to get good at. Number one, um, like I said before, when you get to college, your spiritual life doesn't take a pause, right? It's not like, okay, I'll do that later because I have to study now. No, if God created time in our life, our priority should be God, 
not our schoolwork, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like preaching to the choir, right? Like God gave me my children, but my priority is still God. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I use my children as an excuse not to do the things that God invites me to do. But yeah, so spiritual disciplines like praying and reading your Bible are the things that are going to keep you grounded so that in times where it's hard, especially when you're in college, you're, you're still have a discipline of I'm praying and I'm reading the Bible every day. If you exercise, right? Nobody wants to exercise, mm-hmm. right? Like the first time you run, it's going to suck. I hate running. <laughs> I still don't run, right? But the first time you do it, it's not, not fun. And it's hard. Hard is not bad, right? Like mm-hmm. hard things are not bad for you. Yeah. Can we just like, remember that just because it's hard doesn't mean it's bad. Actually, sometimes the hard things are the best things for you. Anyway, so exercise, like you got to start somewhere. And in the same way, like spiritual disciplines are the same thing. If you don't read your Bible, like it's going to be hard to do at first. But I think like after you've done it for like, after you've run for like three weeks in a row, you've lost so much weight, you feel so good, you look good, you feel good, you're healthy. And like, even you're like, you're not that tired anymore. You're like, oh, I'm glad I did that. Right. In the same way you start reading your Bible three weeks later, you're like, oh my God, my life is different now. I mean, so my advice to people that like starting college is, um, yeah, you're going to have to relearn how to study. You're going to relearn how to sleep, all this stuff, but start by learning your spiritual disciplines, like read your Bible, stay consistent with that. Um, and the rest will fall into place. Um, and make the Lord your priority, not like your studies. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we make a lot of idols in our life, whether we like to believe it or not. There are a lot of things that are become idols. Our school becomes idols and they're not bad things, right? Like we make good things, our idols so that it doesn't look so bad. right? So as someone who didn't have many friends in college, like mentioned, um, <laughs> what are some ways that you can re- recommend to like people in college now or going into college um, to make more connections and friends. Yeah. But also to add to that, not just like random connections, like like, things that are like long lasting and like supporting you and everything like you kind of do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe not just in college, just in like real life. (laughs) Help us out over here. Okay. (laughs) Let's start with college and then we'll keep going. Okay. Oh my gosh. How many of you commuted to college? I know it was all five of you. (laughs) I commuted to college too. So this is different for us for commuting to college versus going to a college where you dormed. So let's start there. One, when you're commuting to college, you really have to put in a lot of work. Um, One social skill they don't tell us a lot about because we're in the same class with the same people all the time is how to make friends, right? Like nobody teaches us that, especially in South Asian communities where it's like your family is your friend. Yeah. church people are your friend that's it you know that's all you, need. That's all you need um I would disagree with that because like some of our families aren't the safest and best places to be either and so if you don't have other support systems kind of kind of um falls apart and then you're alone and then if churches are also not the most healthy place so I don't think that those are the only two places where you could make friends I think have to put yourself out there and you have to do the work right oh, come on <laughs> it doesn't just magically happen that's not the answer we wanted to hear i wanted to hear i press 
I, I like there's no tinder for friendship guys like you can't say i want to be <gasps> oh my god imagine one there is bumble friends bumble friends there are yeah okay so fine there is <laughs> but like you meet people but you still got to put the work in That's right true. and I, you also have to acknowledge like what in yourself prevents you from doing the work like i've had a lot of hurt from like female friendships in my life in the past when i got to college it was really hard for me to make friends in general because i've been so hurt before and so it takes a lot of risk and a lot of trust, like putting trust in people that you would never put trust in because people in the past have hurt you. Um, and so it takes to do that. And so join clubs, right? Like join, join things that interest you, right? Uh, if you're into photography and you're not even majoring in photography, who cares? Join a photography club, um, like join things that interest you, um, be involved in things outside of your like everyday class life. Um, you're going to have to ask people if they want to grab lunch or to study with you. Um, you're going to have to ask people to be in those places with you. And then they're going to take more investment than others. Some relationships are going to be like, Hey, it's okay to have a surface relationship. You're my acquaintance. That's fine. Right. Jesus only had 12 around him, but then he had three super close to him. Right. So it's okay that some friends are closer than others. And it's like, if you have friends that are already really close and you're like, Hey, I think I just need college friends that like are going through this with me. It's okay that they're not like super close to know all your secrets. Somebody that's like cool to chill with and study with and be with on campus. That's cool too. There's no reason they have to be your best friend forever. Um, and friends don't last through every season. I think God puts people in your life for certain times. Oh my God, I use the word seasons again, <laughs> but God puts people in your life for different times and different purposes. And it's important to acknowledge that not every friend is a forever friend and that's okay. Um, and so then you leave college and you're like, how do I make friends now? Because I was going to school with these people and I saw them every day. Um, then I think things like church communities are important. Get involved in different communities church communities, work communities, um, find people who in, like have same, similar interests to you. Talk to them outside of work and school. I think that's the other thing. Like when we're kids and we're making church friends, you see them every Sunday, see them all the time. And you're like, okay, you're my friend because we see each other a lot. But then when you go to work and to school, you get to choose how much you see people. So like make time for other people. Don't, it's going to be real hard, but like, don't choose to sit at home and watch TV if you want friends, you know, try and this is speaking to the choir over here. Like <laughs> I, I have to do that too, right? Like I got to choose. I, I own my own choices. And so if I want to have friends, I have to make time for them. About like houses where it's like hard to me personally, like it's like, okay, I, I can explain to my parents, like I'm going out to hang out with my friends, but other houses or other people, like I know some of my mm -hmm. friends, like it's hard for them to even like go out of their house once a week to hang out because it's like why yeah. do you talk to many people it's like how do you break from that so that's like like kind of like hey I'm living with my parents my parents don't let me go out a lot or have parents and then your friends are like why can't you just tell your parents and you're like uh you don't understand the struggle man <laughs> like, yeah I can't just tell my parents we are blessed with something called social media and like these phones and things <laughs> I think can be a huge distraction and a huge like idol and things like that, but they can also be super helpful. Um, and so I think trying like continuing to keep connections and relationships over things like phones and like texts and social media is okay too there. Cause eventually you will have your freedom and like, you don't want to like finally get your freedom and have nobody to be around you. And I think, I mean, listen, if you're brave enough, I like, I'll pray for you if you're brave enough to talk to your parents and be like, hey, I'm really struggling and I need to like hang out with some other people. Like, 
if you want to have that, like, I think Justine said that on like her podcast, like, got it. You got to try to have the conversation and just be open about what's going on with you. Um, and that you need to be around other people. If you're brave to do that, do it. Um, I think everything starts with the conversation. I wasn't that brave, so I can't, (laughs) 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 but then like, I, I, I have a weird situation. Like I had, I drove when I was in high school, which I know is not common for a lot of South Asian girls. Like I got to do what I needed to do. And my parents were like, okay, as long as I didn't be crazy and come home at like three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Well, I had to be home by like 11, but still. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, also introduce your parents to your, your friends, to your parents. That's a huge one. I forgot about that. Uh, It makes a huge difference when people feel welcome in your home. I think I really appreciate about that, my, about that, about my parents, They've always like made my friends feel welcome. And so don't feel weird about being like, Hey, why don't you come over for a sleepover? Cause like sometimes like Indian parents are cool about having your friends over at sleepover at your house, but not the vice versa. Like see like what your parents are willing to do. Our parents love to feed people. And when someone comes and likes their cooking, they're like, yo, I'm I like this kid. <laughs> right <laughs> so, and I know all of your parents they make pretty good food so or like they are great hosts for sure so I don't think it'd be like bad to say hey why don't you come over for a meal at my house that way later when your parents are like who are you hang out with you're like oh I'm hanging out with um Alex oh I remember Alex good kid good kid <laughs> good kid good kid, good kid. <laughs> and I know that um we focused a lot about college but do you have any advice for when people enter the real world yeah. after college? Like, yeah. how would you like preparing for that or, you know, yes. anything? Another book plug. <laughs> I have a book called After College. I have it. Erica Young writes, 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 I think it is. Right. Um, so we give this to everyone who graduates university. Some, some people will go through something called a senior class. Um, And then there are a bunch of things that are super helpful for you to transition out of college. One is understanding finances, right? Like instead of being a slave to your money, make your money work for you Um, to get involved in a church community is very important because when you're not in college anymore, your consistency, like this is my schedule that goes away. And so you have to make a lot more of your own decisions, whether you like it or not. And so like, thinking about what community do I need to be involved in, get involved in a church community, serve in your church community. Um, Yeah. Finances, friend groups matter a lot. And so you got to put work into it now that you're not in college and you're seeing people every day and you're in the same space. Like you got to put work in. Um, And I think spiritually, I think that's the number one key, like keep those and you're more free now than you probably were in college. So like get those disciplines right in your life. If you haven't already, like start to pray, I think sometimes when we leave college and we're like, okay, I got my job. Finally, what's next, right? Ready to go to the next thing. Like, um, what's next is like, start by, Hey, I just need to be with Jesus. Let me learn who I am in him and what he's calling me to do. And he'll tell me what's next. How do I know if it's Jesus speaking? Three C's of the, how I know Jesus speaking one. It sounds like it's God's character, right? Like it sounds like God's character. If it's consistent, it's, sounds like love grace truth those things it's it's god it's consistent with his character two it's confirmed in community um like if you come to this group of five people and you're like hey i think i'm supposed to be a skydiver and 
all five of your all four of your friends are like you've never skied like you've never done this in your life I don't I don't think this is right for you <laughs> like if your community who prays and loves you is like nah man then you're probably not doing anything um uh, and uh, again not a toxic community but a community that loves and prays for you and three um it's confirmed by scripture so if it's something that like scripture would affirm then go for it right like if it's something that's like you know they told me to cut everybody else out of my life and only focus on this and that uh scripture talks a lot about being involved in community and so if it's like don't be in any community it's probably not from the lord so yeah i hope that answered your question yeah that did answer our question um i feel like this whole podcast and everything that we've talked about is like helping people who are like going into college or in college or trying to figure out their next steps in life. It's definitely helped the five of us. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like, thank you so much just for taking the time to sit down and talk to us and talk all these through with us and give us more clarification and insight on how to navigate life and um, spend more time with Jesus. Thank you so much for listening um, for this week's podcast. Thank you so much to Sharon for saying yes and being on our little, you know, podcast. Thanks for having me. So if everyone can head over to Instagram and um, to filter the podcast, we We'll be doing some reels there real soon. So, you know, you want to be fo- hitting that follow button. Wait, ca- calm down that reels thing. Calm down that reels thing. Come on. That <laughs> makes us that makes us accountable. So we have to do it. <laughs> um, so go on and follow us on Instagram. We are also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're also doing youtube now but it's not our faces it's just audio so have fun with that um and also amazon and if you have any questions please um also dm us we can answer those there and we also have the anonymous questions as well so everything all of what i just said is in our bio so head on over and we'll see you next time also sharon has given us a book that's a great resource for college students so we will add that to our link in our bio as well (laughs) yes celine will read at least one of them by the end in five years (laughs) (laughs) so yeah we'll have all those information on our um instagram page so thank you again and we will see you next time We love you. Jesus loves you. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.